Welcome to Short Course, episode 20, for June 15th, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. So, Ipsic Nationals is coming up in a little under a month, which means I am in the preparatory, batten down the hatches, get everything squared away type mode, which, you know, is... I, I just went through a lot of this with South Carolina, so there's really not a ton exciting going on. The The main thing that is really encouraging is that I did go ahead and switch over my gear to using all IPSC legal parts, which honestly at this point isn't all that different. Um, the main thing this time around was just changing out the firing pin. I've been using a, a Henning aluminum firing pin just because, you know, when I got the gun originally, that was that was what people said you use. So I got it. It was 25 bucks. It's worked I mean, it's worked fine. I've had light strikes with it, but I had light strikes before it too. And it's turned out to be the ammo. So what's nice is even putting in a factory Tanfolio firing pin, it's now that I've got the light strike problem figured out and I'm seating the primers deep enough on the press and I have a reliable process for doing that, even with the the Tanfolio extreme parts, it's it was 100% reliable. So that's nice. That's a load off. That's one less thing to worry about. I went ahead and chronoed the ammo and everything was squared away there too. Didn't have to adjust the press at all. So just getting in those kinds of preparatory tasks to just make sure everything's squared away and I can worry about just doing the shooting. I did, so I did have to, <laughs> I freaking hate this, but I did have to take off the, the Dawson front sight from my one of my guns I actually need to do it to the other one too now because it's coming loose just because I cannot get that little set screw it's such the it's just the daintiest little set screw I cannot get enough tension on it that the that the sight stays in reliably it just after a couple thousand rounds it starts working itself loose and so took it out put just put straight up blue Loctite in the dovetail we'll see if that helps if I had to do it again and if this stuff doesn't work I, I'm seriously going to look at extreme so you know tanfolio has a race parts division they call extreme uh, they make a 2.5 millimeter wide front sight which is right right at 0.95 or 0.010 uh, or 0.10 and so it's it's the same width as i'm already using but it uses their the the way that tanfolio designed the sights to be used where it's a slightly shorter blade and a bigger set screw that seems like it would get better traction so for any Tanfo guys out there looking at front sights, they actually make them in, in sizes that you would want. So um, look at that. And, you know, if I can't get this to stop bothering me, I'll, I'll be going that direction. Uh, and also, speaking of extreme parts, it, it might be interesting to know, I've, I got a couple of the extreme firing pins, and they claim to be larger and heavier than the stock firing pins. But when I weighed them last year before IPSC Nationals, uh, they were the same mass. And when I put them on calipers, they were the same length. So maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe you just run the, the stock firing pin if you want. I, I've got the extreme ones in there. They seem to be reliable. I'm, I'm not that worried about it. But just a, an interesting data point that you know, chasing firing pins in, in stock twos may not be all that important, really. Um, if you get your springs right, it, it, it just may not be that important. The other interesting preparation that I'm doing for IPSC Nationals is I've shot three matches now in limited minor shooting what I'm calling production 15, which is 
IPSC production. I'm shooting my production gear with production holster location and, and mag pouch location and starting with the, you know, hammer decocked on the, on the stock two, but with 15 rounds in the magazine. And really the, the main impetus for doing this is that there is very commonly, you know, we build up a habit in production that every time your feet are moving, you're reloading. And I really wanted to not just, not so much break that habit because I don't think matches are really, for, at least for me, where I'm at in my career, matches aren't where I make progress. It's where I observe progress. It's where I observe if things are working or if my training is working. And so really what I wanted to do is see if there were stages where I ended up dropping magazines unnecessarily and under what conditions that happens. And, you know, good news, bad news. The good news is I'm seeing that. The bad news is it's happening in matches. And so it, it's something to work on. But so far, the, the, the two main causes that I've noticed, the, the first one that, that's been pretty consistent is as the day wears on, you know, it, it, you lose focus a little bit, you stage plan a little bit less thoroughly, and then it's, it's easier to just fall back into old habits when something goes slightly wrong and just do a reload early unnecessarily. And so the first two matches that I shot in production 15, I was uh, dropping a mag on the last and second to last stages unnecessarily. So that was an interesting correlation that it was fine all day until the very end, especially during hot matches and, and starting to get a little fatigued and, and losing that little bit of discipline. So not so much something to worry about early on, but if when I'm at nationals, if I'm finishing the day on a 32 round stage or even, you know, a 24 round medium course, something like that, then keep an eye out for that. Make sure to visualize those reloads and the contingency plans because the the second thing that 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 was happening is when i would shoot more rounds than i'd expected then i would i would do a an extra reload just to be safe because in production i'm used to having a very thin margin of error you know at most positions i'm i'm gonna have maybe two makeup shots to spare and there was a there was actually a, a stage two weeks ago where I shot three makeup shots. I, I was so at this position I, I only had to shoot eight and then move to the last position and shoot two mini poppers at distance. And of those eight original shots that I had to take, I ended up shooting three makeups, one on each of three targets. And something in the back of my brain, again second to last stage of the day, but something in the back of my brain said, uh yeah, you, you need you need more bullets, buddy. And so I stuck a reload and proceeded to fire two shots and then, and then unload, which was, uh, you know, I mean, it was a decent recovery, but it, it wasn't the way the plan should have gone because I wasn't thinking through, okay, how many makeups do I have? At what threshold do I need to think about doing a, an extra reload here? Because if I'd thought through that, I would have known, well, I've got five makeups I can, I can take, you know, I need to shoot 11 of the 16 rounds I'm going to have between these two positions. So I've got plenty and you know, the, the risk there is not letting that go to your head and just going crazy and spraying bullets, which I think was happening a little bit on that stage too. They were, they were pretty close targets and I was trying to really hammer on them. And because I wasn't worried about my ammo situation, I, I think I was a little less disciplined than I should have been, which again is what I'm trying to observe in matches and then work on in practice so that when I get down to frostproof in a month, I'm not shooting that way. At, at Epsic Nationals. As far as, you know, is it what I actually think about production 15? I, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting on some stages. 
uh, fully probably about half of the stages, it doesn't significantly change my stage plan. So one stage comes to mind where I ended up shooting it with a, a stage plan where I shot 10, did a reload, shot six, did a reload and shot 10. That really wouldn't have changed shooting production. Maybe I might've tried to shift one target around. So I wasn't shooting to 10 as much, you know, try and make it 10, eight and eight just to avoid, you know, flirting with going to slide lock. But honestly, when I'm in production, when I know I'm shooting to 10, I, I tend to be pretty disciplined as a shooter. And so having to do standing unplanned reloads is actually fairly rare for me. That, that's not something I struggle with a great deal. And so shooting to 10 doesn't, doesn't really scare me a ton. If it, now if it's shooting to 11 and there's like three pieces of steel in there, that's when I start to get concerned. You know, that, that might be a little bit too risky of a stage plan, but versus doing a standing reload, you know, might, it might, it might be the winning plan. If you're shooting a stage or a match with a lot of stages where it's eight, reload, eight, reload, eight, reload, eight, you know, even if you've got 15 plus one in the gun, unless you're planning to go one for one, then you probably are still going to reload every eight rounds. So on, there was, there was one stage that was like that, that I shot and I still ended up doing, you know, it was a 32 round stage and I still did three reloads and all but the last one were, were needed. You know, there was a makeup shot on steel, that kind of thing. And it was fine. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. I'm used to reloading that much. And so at this point, you know, it's not something that I see as, as something that, you know, really production needs to fix right away. I think it's kind of cool. You know, I, I'm enjoying shooting these matches in limited minor and being able to open up some stages a little bit. You know, there are places where you come in and, and there's 12 or 13 rounds in an array. And it's, you know, it's nice to just be able to sort of flow through and not post up, shoot six, reload while you move two steps reload and then shoot another six you can just kind of carry your momentum all the way through two 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 and it, you know it's it's cool it's still you know it's still not enough to, to get me to go to full-on limited and i don't really see this experiment continuing after ipsic nationals the you know the purpose of it is to get me in that mindset and and make reloading after 15 normal in a match context and so for that it's working but it's i don't know it, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that change, but at the same time, you know, if that's going to open the door to tinkering with production in all kinds of other ways, um, I, I think I'd rather just leave it as it is. I think I think the rules, the rules as they stand, I think are are pretty good. I think they they serve the purpose of the uh, of the division. So I, I'd, I'd be hesitant to start tinkering with them when really, you know, I'm I don't mind reloading and I'm okay at it. So you know, it's not like I'm I'm trying to get rid of some competitive weakness of mine in the in the in the rule set. I'm just trying to be ready for the match that I'm going to shoot. So it is interesting shooting limited minor against other guys in the match that are shooting in some cases, limited major. And in one interesting scenario, there was a, a match where I ended up taking third behind two limited grandmasters. The guy who took first was Todd Jarrett also shooting limited minor with a three gun pistol. Uh, so, you know, it's his, his three gun minor gun. I'm sure he had 23, 24 round magazines. And so he was only doing one reload a stage. Not that it really matters, you know, having the magwell on the gun really, you know, that helps with the reloads, which it's, it's worth saying, I'm not doing any of that. You know, my gun is still set up for production, no magwell, no extended base pads. And that's because I don't want to get used to reloading with that extra, you know, base pad on the bottom of the mag or the extra affordance that the, that the magwell gives. I'm, I'm still reloading like it's production. It's just, I have more, more bullets in my mag. And so it was interesting to see that 
at a club match, a limited grandmaster shooting limited minor won, you know, did well enough to win. And then a limited GM shooting uh, major right behind him. And then I, you know, I took third as a technically a limited master just by the equity bump from being a, a production GM. And, you know, that was, that was interesting. That was actually a, a fairly high hit factor match in the sense that it was, you know, fairly high round count, not huge bays, not a lot of movement. And so in, I think in that scenario, in the higher hit factor stages, minor actually hurts me a little bit less. It, there was a match that I just shot last weekend that, you know, really didn't go particularly well. And, and part of that was, it was a very challenging match. It was actually, the, the stages were very Ipsic-like in the sense that there really weren't more than three targets available from any one position. And so it was a lot of choppy, you know, you might have a stage, a 32-round stage with six or seven different positions. The targets were pretty far away, so there wasn't a lot of opportunity to shoot entering and leaving. So it was just, it was a very high shot difficulty match. I think in limited, aside from the classifier, so it was seven stages, including classifier. So there were six non-classifier stages. Of those six, only one of them had a hit factor where the stage winner in limited shot above a six hit factor. There was like a, a four, a couple fives in there. So it was, it was a very, I don't want to say a very slow match because you weren't, you know, inching through. You had to move quickly between the positions and, and you weren't, it wasn't super bullseye mode, but it, it was, you know, it wasn't a, a hoser run and gun match for sure. And it was interesting looking at the stages where I would drop, you know, six or eight Charlies and there would be another major guy who would drop six or eight Charlies. And when it's a four hit factor stage, those additional eight points, you know, they, they really hurt. You know, we, we were shooting the same holes in the paper and I don't think I was really, because the targets were far enough away, I don't know that it was really that much of an advantage to be shooting minor. And, uh, you know, just seeing seeing the difference in points on those those lower hit factor stages really emphasized that the the value of major actually, I think, or the difference, let's put it this way, the difference between minor and major in limited, I think, is less the higher the hit factor of the stage goes. That's just sort of a, a subjective feeling I'm getting so far. So if you're just shooting club matches and you've got your, you know, whatever your three gun pistol is and you're shooting nine millimeter limited minor, I don't. You know, I, I don't think you're at that much of a disadvantage unless they tend to be low hit factor technical stages like these were, where you really do want to have your accuracy dialed in. And especially if you shoot three gun, you know, shooting 20 yard partials, you're just hoping to hang two on brown and shooting limited minor. You're really you need that alpha Charlie, if not two alpha. So it, it definitely is a, is a different style if you're trying to play both games, you know, with a, a three gun nine millimeter limited gun or something like that. But you know, for guys getting started at a club match level, even even in your first season, if if you know you're just shooting limited minor, I think it's more competitive than people give it credit for. Uh, I, I really do. I think the I think the shooter matters a lot more. If you're going to a state match, you know, if you're putting down the money to, to travel to a, to a big match, yeah, you know, go ahead and get your get your limited gear squared away. You know, there, there's there's no way I would be shooting limited minor at you know South Carolina, for example. You know, I shot production the traditional way up until South Carolina. And then once the South Carolina state match was over, that was, that was my cutover to start shooting Ipsic production style. And yeah, there, there, there's zero chance I would have gone to South Carolina shooting production 15 or even limited minor with extended base pads. It just, when you're, when you're fighting at that level of competition, I think 
major and minor starts to, to be a big deal. But especially at club matches, especially on higher hit factor stages, I, 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 think, the, I think the difference in competitiveness is less significant. So I talked about that, that match last weekend not going particularly well. And I think, you know, I'm still kind of processing it. It was, it was really a, a frustrating match for me just because on the first four stages, I had one mic each and it was all different stuff. One was trigger freeze on a close target. The other was coming in too early and putting a round into a barrel, you know, coming in on a close target. Another one was long distance steel. And then the other one was uh, on the, the class fire. It was, you know, a class where I've involved strong and weak hand. And on one of the strings, I, I just straight up threw a miss. And so I, you know, I, I've been, I've been busy, you know, shooting matches and in the past month, you know, teaching classes. And I don't think I, I think when I got, so I, the match was Saturday, I got to go out and live fire, shoot 500 rounds through the guns, make sure they work with all the IPSC parts and chrono the, the rounds and everything. And that, that practice session was I mean, it was good. I felt rusty for sure. And, you know, I, I, I do wonder, you know, in retrospect, would it, would it have been better to, to skip that match and, and go to the, and just go to practice? Because at that point, I think it had been, I have to check my calendar. I think it had been like six weeks since I'd gotten out and just shot live fire. You know, every other time I was shooting is either a match or doing class demos, which don't get me wrong. The classes are proving helpful to me as a, you know, in, in terms of improving me as a shooter in, in a couple ways, you know, sometimes it's just someone will ask me a question that makes me realize something that I've been doing naturally. And when I have to explain it, I realize there is a rhyme and a reason, but I'd never put, put it into words. It's just what always kind of felt right. Or sometimes it's just finding different ways to explain something to, to different shooters. You know, it does help me to understand it better myself. So in an interesting way, I do think my practice is getting more efficient, even though I'm doing less of it. Uh, but at a certain level, um, you know, having none is is really not not an effective strategy to uh, to to maintain and keep building skill at, at at the level I'm at. So that's definitely something I'm I'm looking at in the next couple of weeks. That you know I, I want to get out and get get some get some real live fire practice in before IPSC Nationals because it is it is coming up quick and I I am feeling pretty rusty. But you know, just going to a match and and feeling like you didn't. You, you did okay. You know, there was no, nothing really crashed and burned, but just, you know, a sprinkling of mics throughout and just dropping lots of points. You know, the gear all ran, but it's just something upstairs wasn't working. And I've been, you know, tweaking tweaking my grip and, you know, changing how hard I grip with the left hand. And it's, you know, changing how the, the gun moves. And without being able to debug that in live fire, it's, uh, you know, it's definitely suboptimal. But yeah, I'm, you know, <laughs> trying to uh, trying to do what I can with the, the, the constraints, the time constraints I've got in terms of, days on the weekends to get out, teach classes that are scheduled ahead of time. And then, you know, when, when the weather permits, get out and practice and, and shoot matches and all that. So yeah, the next month, definitely looking at practicing IPSC stuff, uh, particularly strong and weekend, drawing to distant targets, drawing to partials, drawing, you know, transitioning really not so much drawing, although drawing would be good too, but, you know, transitioning to a lone steel popper, you know, that's a, a wide transition away from anything else. And then low ports and prone if I can find the time. That's that's always a, a a big time burner and may not be required. I ended up shooting prone last year at, at IPSC Nationals. Uh, but in retrospect, I, I really shouldn't have. In part just because I was unprepared for it. But 
uh, even if I'd been practicing it, I don't think it really came out ahead on that stage. You were, you had to shoot a 20 yard swinger and trying to track a 20 yard swinger from prone is just, well, I mean, it, it, it's pretty much as hard as it sounds. So, so that's, that's what's going on. Trying to get prepped for, for IPSC nationals. Got a couple more classes coming up soon. That's, um, that's exciting. They're, you know, the, the next one's filled up. Registration just opened for a couple down at Carolina Guns and Gear in the, the first week of July. So we're going to do back-to-back Saturday class and then a Sunday class as well. And hopefully some of the, some of the guys out towards Charlotte where, you know, it might be too much of a drive to come up to Raleigh. Well, you know, we'll, we'll meet you halfway. So if you're interested in that, that that's on the website at barryshooting.com slash class. Uh, otherwise, after that, it'll be back to the, the regular schedule classes of just doing the second and fourth Sundays. That's the, that's the schedule right now. And it, it seems to be working out. So if you're interested in that, you know, that that's the URL. Give it a, give it a look and, and sign up for class if you're interested. Otherwise, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. You can follow me on Facebook at Ben Barry Shooting and Instagram at BSBerry. I post video of all my matches at youtube.com slash USPSA. You can email me at podcast at barryshooting.com. Talk to you next time.